Hi, I'm George Tekmanchev here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson, and we're back after a bit of a lay, uh, layoff, a time off, whatever, how you want to describe it, with another Eastern Target Archery podcast, Steve. <laughs> what was that? That was a bow fell down. Did I do that? <laughs> yeah, well. Well, guess why a bow fell down? Because <laughs> I had it balanced. Not only did you have it balanced, there are lots of bows in your office. Yeah, there are. Which is uh, one reason why we have not had podcasts in the last couple of weeks is it's a new era for Steve Anderson. Yeah, when you uh, when you said like it's after a long layoff, I was like, well, don't give them the wrong impression. No, that was the wrong. <laughs> that was the wrong word. <laughs> we're still around and employed in some fashion. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, one one reason we've gotten back together today is to talk about your new career path, which is kind of your old career path. In back a way. Again, in a way. Yeah. Now you're still with Easton. Yes. But kind of in the same way that I'm still with Easton. Right. We're, we're still involved. We're still involved. However, uh, Easton is no longer your office location. You are just down the street, back at Hoyt. Correct. At a With a new title and a new set of responsibilities. Yeah, a lot of responsibilities. Target Archery Marketing Manager. Yep. And we've been busy and... Um, to say you've been busy is to understate things. Well, you've been there for almost all of it, so it's been it's been fun though. It's been uh, really good for me personally, and uh, I'm glad we kind of are moving past. I mean, it's still always going to be busy. It's just we were on like tight deadlines and windows of having stuff and and all that. Like with the bow launch, we just did. Um, but you know, now we can get back to. A normal flow of work and and uh, a normal flow of podcasts. Yeah, we can get some podcasts in too. It's been interesting because, like, we've been, like I said, you've been there. The last month has been like very, very much team environment in here. Like yes. All of us on the same page, moving together, and then we got through the bow launch, and it's like, okay, we can all go back and do our own jobs again for a little while, and and. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of time to knock out a podcast on a sleepy Friday afternoon. It is a Friday afternoon here in Salt Lake City, and we're actually in the Hoyt factory in Steve's office. And, um, you know, this is kind of like, for me, a little bit like coming home a little bit because, uh, you know, in my career, I started out with Easton. I joined Hoyt after 10 years, worked at Hoyt for nearly 10 years, and then went back to Easton. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I was at Hoyt for more than 10 years, now I think about it. I'm doing the reverse George Techmachov. Yeah, you started Hoyt, with Hoyt. Easton Hoyt, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it uh, it's kind of interesting looking at it that way. But. You know, and for me, and maybe for you, it it hasn't been that much of a change because a lot of the same people still with both companies, a lot of the same things that we're doing um, still with both companies. Yeah, I was always involved with Hoyt too throughout the whole time. So same here. I was always involved yeah. with Eason when I was at Hoyt, and vice right. versa. Yeah. So you know the people, and there's always you know crossover work that it was being done just for me as a, as a shooter. And, and then uh, coming here, you know, we've got a really good team of people here. So yeah. Some people might, exciting. some people might not know, but you know, Hoyt and Easton are both owned by the Easton family. Correct. And um, they are completely run separately, separate companies, but right. there's a lot of cooperation that goes on between the two anyway. I mean, yeah, it'd be stupid not to where you could, but, uh, and in fact, there probably should be more cooperation in, the, in a lot of areas. Yeah, maybe so. You know? I, I will say this, though. Easton is pretty careful to uh, 
kind of maintain equality with all bow companies, right? They don't play favorites with Hoyt. Definitely. Whereas, uh, you know, um, you don't see too many gold tip shooters here at Hoyt. <laughs> That's, uh, and you know what? They could. Yeah, they could. They could. But and it wouldn't, you know, necessarily be frowned upon. It's just that uh, I think having the, the, uh, the product line and the access to those products, that sort of thing, that all... I would just say that most Hoyt shooters are also Eastern shooters. It's yeah. the ones that work for one company or the other. For sure. And, um, you know, I think that that's another thing. You'll continue to shoot Eastern arrows and continue to um, do work with me, like on the podcast and yep. lots of other stuff you'll be doing for Easton as well. Yeah, and I'm excited to uh, approach it in a different manner. I'm excited to be here at Hoyt. It's been really good. Um, I'm excited that we can now actually get fired from the podcast, like in a, in a, in its of itself. You right. Know, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. I mean, we could have gotten fired from the podcast any time in the past five years we've been doing it. Right. But now it's different. Right. It's a little different now. Six years now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It probably has been that long. No, I started... 2015 Copenhagen. Yeah, that was the first one, huh? Yeah. For some reason, we just decided to do a podcast. How did I forget to uh, observe that fact that there are two important oh. anniversaries in the next week or two? The anniversary of the podcast, sixth anniversary of the podcast, and 50th anniversary of archery in the modern Olympic Games. They're pretty much one and the same when they you are. really think about it. When you do, when you think about it, we could make the argument that they are I the mean, same. you have this incredible moment of significance, and then you have archery in the Olympic Games. <laughs> John Williams, <laughs> 1972. Doreen Wilbur, 1972. The individual Olympic archery champions. 50 years ago. It blows my mind. You know, Doreen, if she were still around, would be in her 90s. Yeah. I was going to ask if they're still around. John, John is. is. Yeah, right? thankfully, yeah. John is still around. Doreen passed away uh, quite a while ago, actually. But, uh, you know, she was 40, believe, 42 years old when she... Oh. Housewife from Iowa and 42 years old and winning the first modern Olympic Games. There's a great bronze statue of her in her hometown in Iowa helping to commemorate her uh, tremendous legacy. It's interesting to think about that because the, the lead up to the Games, I don't know when people started training. I don't know the qualification process. Was there a world championships? I don't know any of this. So, yeah, there was a world championship. Um, I believe the one in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, was the one leading up to. Uh, so that would have been, I believe, 1969. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I will tell you that there was a process and that it had a trials situation going on. Um, there were quite a few shooters uh, who, you know, we sent three men and three women. Mm -hmm. um, we had... Uh, Besides John Williams, we had Ed Eliason on that team. Oh, really? And Daryl Pace narrowly missing making that team. So Who was our third? Do you remember? I don't remember. I'll have to oh. look it up. But um, I will tell you, I, I'm thinking it was maybe Dennis Dennis McCormick. But I was thinking it was maybe Dennis as well. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm making stuff up now. It's all good. In case anyone can't pick up on that. But you know, you know what bows were used and arrows were used to win those titles for both the men and women. I'm gonna guess it was Hoyt and Easton. Correct. Hoyt bows, the original TD ones. TD one. That's sweet. What a name, too. First TD bows. What, first takedown take bows. One. Yeah. yeah. First of the Hoyt takedown bows. 
Now, there were other takedown bows. For example, Ed Eliasson shot a takedown bear, uh, but it was a way cruder takedown system. The Hoyt takedown system, even back then, was pretty elegant. And then you had the, uh, the Easton X7. <laughs> still used today. Just about everybody used the Easton yeah. X7 in those games, and it's still used today. God, that's crazy. I wonder how much Vegas money has been won with the Easton X7s over the years. Um, yeah, I mean, it has to be an incredibly significant amount. Right. But, you know, that Olympic-winning legacy between Hoyt and Easton still continues all the way through 2021 with Meta Gazos, the Olympic champion in Tokyo 2020, shooting Easton X-10s. You had uh, winners in 1976, those Olympic Games won by Daryl Pace, again, with a Hoyt bow, and Easton Arrows. And then again in 2000, excuse me, in uh, 1980, Tommy Poikalainen and the lady from Georgia, whose name is unpronounceable to me, even though I'm of Georgian extraction. <laughs> uh, both of them shooting Hoyt and Easton again. And then 1990, or 1984, the Olympic Games of Los Angeles, Daryl Pace, once again, only person to win twice in the men's category. Um, How about 72, going back to 72, wasn't that the Olympics that had an incident? It had a very serious incident, and if you uh, want to hear how that impacted the event, you can listen to our podcast with John Williams, who recounts uh. what he and the other athletes went through with that terrible tragedy of the the attack on the athletes um, in the athlete village right. that took place in 1972 and, and led to a whole different level of security for every Olympic Games ever since. Yeah, that one, uh, you know, my understanding of that event comes from one of the Steve Prefontaine movies, you yeah. know, and it's kind of just briefly talking about how it changed up the schedule of the track and field event, I believe. It changed a lot of things, yeah. Yeah, so it, it had a pretty, I mean, not good. No. Not good. Very very serious, uh, very serious situation that neither of us is really qualified to go into except to say that... Uh, it was not good. We hope never to see anything like that happen again, and, you know, uh, obviously, security is a big deal at every Olympic Games. So. Where were we before we just got interrupted by somebody with something really important? <laughs> Actually, it was a good example of exactly the kind of stuff you've got to deal with. Somebody came in here with a sample of a very cool color bow, but you had to pick out a very subtle difference. A little variation from one part of the bow to the other, and I had to say, no. Exactly. Sorry. That's the nature of the kind of stuff you're dealing with now, right? A lot of it, yeah. It's uh, when people think of marketing, I don't think they get it. I think they think that marketing is like creating ads and doing photo shoots and shooting videos. And to and be sure, that is part Facebook of Facebook and all that. And yes, that's part of it. But man, it's not the. I'd say, especially in my role, my role is more like tying all the people together and make sure everything is in place where it needs to be. Yeah, like but there's have, also an engineering role, too, that you're dealing with. I'm a good bridge to engineering. I think right. that was what the one of the strengths I brought to this team is I understand the, the uh, product. I understand that side of the fence or the wall because they're on the other side of the wall from us. Um, you understand how to use the product. Right. And By the way, yeah. the engineers here do, too. They all play the game. 100%. Yeah, all of them. So. Some, and of them then, some of them really, including right from the top. 
when, when, when I'm here at five o'clock in the morning working on product launch last week and I see Zach Kurtzall's rolling yeah. here at five thirty in the morning just to yeah. shoot. Yeah. He came in just to shoot his bow before work. You and I are here launching a freaking recurve and making sure we have it out early enough to get to the Asian market. So you were old in like four fifty five. We all did. No, I was late. I was like five oh two. Well, but that's because you stopped at Maverick to I pick stopped, up a drink. I stopped for a soda. Yeah. And then you fell asleep here later. Yeah, by two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, I think. Yeah, was, I, I don't know if I actually fell asleep. Like I was, think you were asleep. No, there was, was no there was bit. no there was no drooling or snoring or anything yeah, like that. It was long long hours. But yeah, anyhow, Zach shoots, um, you know, then you start moving down the list of people who shoot the bow. And everybody. Yeah, it's literally everybody. Daniel and well, Daniel kill yeah, Daniel. Doug Denton and, you know, um, Brian Gold especially, right? I mean Brian's a great shooter. Yeah. A lot of these guys were they were out, you know, on the mountain recently. Yeah. You know, doing their thing there. So Yeah. It's a really cool organization where whereas it's a high participation of people who use the product. And then you get out on the floor. One thing we saw a lot of success with in the factory floor was doing actual this is before I got here so I say we but you know the people already here they they found a lot of success in doing actual training for those people so they could get a bow at their employee price part of the fun of working at Hoyt um, and then they had a training on how to set it up and another training session on how to shoot it this was over you know a course of time and when Hoyt started doing that, you know, a lot more employees were like, this is sweet. And something I try to do, um, been bad at it lately, is market internally to our employees as well. Because they think it's freaking cool when Mike Schlosser is rolling P1 at seven World Cups in a row. Yeah. Same deal, by the way. Yeah. You did this at Easton as well. I've read I your newsletters. Doing that. Yeah, I started doing that at Easton at the uh, last Olympics. And people got excited and they felt connected to the the sport and they probably hadn't before they did and by the way you're a darn good writer i didn't realize it until i read that but you really are call me stephen bill shakespeare anderson there you go uh, well. <laughs> no one calls me that so. <laughs> so uh just to just kind of an update for our listeners and uh to let you know this is not going to change into the hoyt target podcast this will continue to be a discussion of the stuff around archery. Now we may possibly be doing a separate podcast, which uh, may possibly touch more upon some technical stuff on the bow side of things. Yeah, we're doing that. That's I think my decision to make. So, yeah, we're gonna start doing that. But here in this Easton podcast, I mean, we've traditionally been like the happenings of target archery. Yeah, and we'll continue to do that. Yeah. Plus technical questions on yeah. on arrows Arrow in particular, stuff. arrow related stuff. Yeah, but when we start rolling the Hoyt technical podcast, understand it's not going to be the same. You know, For I don't one want, thing, one it, thing that worried me was that people would be like, "Oh, the same two guys, like no, same two, same content." Like no, no, we're going to make it as different as we can. For example, there yeah. will probably be lead in music. I think we should actually like take a we'll probably take a much different role like this one is us just kind of BSing back and forth it was the office banter we always had and we decided to put a recorder next to us yeah that is the truth um, but yeah we're gonna do I mean this will be podcast more podcast content everywhere all day yeah it's all we're gonna be thinking about mm, not really but, not, not at all um, <laughs> but this one will continue on 
Yeah. And so I, I just want to take the time to uh, thank all of, our, all of our listeners. And by the way, we are going to, for our next podcast, Steve, we've been allocated a certain number of signed by Greg Easton, Easton 100th anniversary books. Really? Which we can start sending out on October the 1st. That's freaking cool. And so our next podcast, we are going to select two winners of those books, and we'll be selecting two for the next five podcasts. We're going to give away a total of 10 books. Man, oh man, how do people win? How do they enter to win? Well, all they have to do is, first off, we have a list of people who already (laughs) entered to win back in the springtime when we first announced the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kept that list? That list exists. So we have those people who put their names in. Now, let's say that you're just getting acquainted with the podcast and you'd like to get your hands on this, very nice, by the way, coffee table book, the 100th anniversary uh, history of Easton book. Uh, It's pretty cool. You can send an email to Easton100 at EastonMG.com. (laughs) <laughs> All right, it's in. Easton 100 at Easton MG. M is in Mary, G is in George. Yeah, which actually stands for Management Group. Right. Which is the owner of Easton and Hoyt and some other stuff. Correct. Yeah. And um, that's going to get you on the list of potential winners of the book. Very exciting. It also gets you a reservation to buy one of the books if you don't win one. So, pretty cool stuff book is cool it's more than 100 pages it is uh illustrated very nice heavy paper coffee table format kind of thing who's the publisher uh company in canada oh really yeah do we know the name or i don't remember the name but uh you know they had a a professional writer come in and take some stuff that i put together and other people put together and turn it into a really good uh, uh, honestly a really good read so that's cool it is cool so, again, Easton100 at EastonMG.com. Get your email address on there, and you'll have a chance to win one of ten books that we've been allocated for the podcast to be given away. Hope you'll, uh, hope you'll get your hat in the ring to try to win one of those. That's a really cool giveaway. It is. Um, you can, uh, as you said, it's something you can buy, but it's not like a dozen arrows, right? Like right. Giving away... X10 arrows and that's cool but this is uh, this is going to have some rarity and scarcity you know I think people that like our sport care about the history of the sport are going to learn something regardless of whether they're Eastern fans or not because there's a lot of information in there about a lot of things that have happened over the years then again even if you're not an archery fan let's say that you care about things like baseball or hockey there's some real serious nuggets to be found in there Hmm. in those areas as well because as many people know and some people might not know Easton's also had a huge impact in some of those other sports, as well as some things that might surprise you. Like look up at the moon at night and you'll see five different Easton devices up there. That kind of thing. <laughs> well, I look up at the moon and I don't see Easton logos floating around, but I'm you sure need, if I looked a little closer. You'd need a real good telescope to see yeah. this. The, the Webb Space Telescope might yeah. be able to pick them up. But yeah, so that's, uh, that's just a quick update for everybody. I want to thank you, Steve, for taking the time today. I... I it's been crazy busy for the last couple of weeks. Next week, we'll roll out a proper Eastern Target podcast. and Let's before. talk about oh, what's coming up. I'll tell you what's coming up from the standpoint of, World I think, Cup final. World Cup Final and World Field Championship. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. World Cup Final is coming up in 
Tzalaca, Mexico. Tlaxcala. Hey, you're married to a lady from Mexico. Yeah. I'm going to defer to you. Linda is actually going to be part of the coverage team for that event. Excellent. Yeah, is my understanding. I mean, That'll be nice to have somebody who's really good at that kind of thing, doing that kind of analysis. It'll be cool. We'll see. And World Field Championships in Yankton, South Dakota. Yeah. We'll be talking to Bruce, but Bruce right now is on his way to Africa for some uh, archery action. So as soon as Bruce gets back, we'll be talking a little more. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this one thing that I do know, and that is a um, little bit of disappointment because a number of categories have been decertified from a medal opportunity at that event because of not uh, enough entries. Not right? enough entries in time for the deadline. That's what I heard. Bruce was not happy about cursing that. up a storm. Well, not happy about that is how <laughs> I would say it. But it's still a world championship, and we'll still see some of the world's best shooters there. So we're looking forward to that one here in the United States at Yankton. And uh, it's Friday. It's coming up on five o'clock, and I think we'll call it a we'll call it a podcast for now. Let's call it a week. 